Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Calm Collective Podcast. I'm Cassandra, and as always, I'm so thankful that you're here with me today. Really excited about today's episode. We have Nikki J on today, who is an expert in human design. And I know we've had a human design reader on um, previously, the amazing Erin Claire Jones. Nikki also is a human design reader, and I love her approach so much. She just like gives off this mystical, magical energy and everything that she posts on Instagram, I just feel so in tune with. She's so relatable. And I was actually introduced to her through Caitlin Smith, who's been on the podcast before. I believe it was episode 58 and she will be coming back as well. So thank you, Caitlin, for introducing me to Nikki and all of her magic. I really wanted to have her on the episode today to get a little bit more specific about the five human design types and how it relates to our career and also finances. I think that these are two things that we as humans are always a little curious about and constantly giving energy to. It is our livelihood after all. And especially going on with the pandemic, I think a lot of us have had to shift and pivot and um, you know, get creative and move on to a plan B and be really careful with our money or spend our money in different ways. And so I just thought that this episode would be really, really helpful. So before we get into the interview, I thought I would just give you guys a little update on what's been going on in my little circle of the world. Um, I just finished up last week the five-day mini-series for decluttering. I hope all of you who tuned into that found it extremely helpful. It's literally something that brings me so much joy to be able to help people not only declutter their tangible space, but also just like flow through and ease when it comes to the decluttering process. I know firsthand just how overwhelming it can be, but I'm also living proof that once you really, you know, implement these these ways of life and reframe your mind, you don't look at clutter the same. You invite things into your life differently and you let go of things with a lot more ease. So if you're interested, you can go back to episode 84 through 88 and listen to those. And there's also a free PDF download that you can have of that free challenge as well, although that is separated into seven days. I'll go ahead and add that in the show notes, but you can also find it on Instagram at the Calm Collective underscore. So as far as personal stuff, there's a lot going on as far as my childhood home. So if you've been following this podcast for some time or on Instagram, you know that we lost my dad coming up on seven years now. And this is the home. I say this is the home because I'm actually sitting in that home right now as I record this. But this is the home that my parents built together um, back when 1990. Yeah. Yeah. Back in 1990, that's so wild. And it's been a really emotional process. It's been emotional for me in my own right, this being my childhood home. Um, that in itself is very heavy. It's There's so much nostalgia everywhere I look. So many beautiful things happened in this home. I had such a lovely childhood in this home. I went through a lot of trauma in this home and was nurtured in this home because of said trauma, and the story goes on and on. And then you add on the extra layer of you're missing 
you know, a very important piece of your family. You're missing one of the most important pieces of the puzzle, your other half of your makeup. And that just makes it that much more difficult. Um, That's another reason why I thought the declutter challenge was so timely to post on the podcast, because I want to be honest and say that in the time where I was I was recording that for the podcast, I was moving through it as well. I've been moving through those steps as well, especially the letting go of sentimental clutter. It's been really difficult to talk myself through it and to convince myself that just because he touched it, just because he owned it once, does not mean it has a place in my home. Um, So with that being said, I just want to honor anyone who's either gone through this before, who maybe is going through it, or, you know, just has their own bout of emotional grief um, at this moment in time. It really is so difficult and Right now, I'm really trying to give a lot of my energy into, of course, honoring my process, but also supporting my mom and her process as much as I can. Um, As you all can imagine, this is double difficult for her. Um, Just so many, so many layers. And I'm really just trying to um, be as supportive as I can. And um, we're taking things day by day. I've been spending as many days as I can here at the house just helping her go through things and creating a bin for myself and for my sisters who can't be here, um, and just getting things ready to sell. So yeah, a lot of emotions going on. Another thing is I had this great, this is going to sound so weird, but I had this crazy conversation with myself two days ago. It was quite literally like my body was talking to me and was like, yo, wake up. I'm in pain. With all the egg freezing stuff that I went through, all the hormones pumping through my body, it's no secret that I was in deep, deep need of a reset, and I just haven't given that to myself yet. Um, when you are freezing your eggs, it's people who signed up for the email, um, the the short email series that I'm going to be posting for all of the nitty gritty info on egg freezing. This I will talk about this in more depth, but the diet's kind of crazy. Like you're supposed to eat a lot of salty foods, and So when this was all over, my body was just like, whoa, what the heck is going on? And a couple days ago, it was like this clear download of like, you need fresh. All you need is fresh and you need so much water and you need to move your body, but in a specific way. I'm such a Peloton fan. I love the bikes. I love the treadmills. Um, and all I've been hearing her say is like, just do bar, just do yoga. And fortunately Peloton just came out with a bar class. I'm so excited. Um, so yeah, I spent yesterday and today just really, really listening to her. Just no alcohol, eating fresh fruits and veggies and clean salads. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to see how, uh, she responds to that. So I'm going to give it a couple of weeks, but yeah, I'm just treating this as a reset and it feels really, really good. So, okay, so I really want to get into this episode, but before we dive in, I really, really, really recommend that if you don't know your human design type already, that you look this up first. It truly could not be easier. I've included a link in the show notes where it's completely free to look it up. You do need to know your exact birth time and um, city and state of your birth. So again, that's very, very, very important that you have your birth time. If you don't know it, ask one of your parents if you are able or maybe look up your birth certificate. Um, this this does make a big difference in finding out your design type. But I, I tell you to pull this up because Nikki is going to get into specifics around each energy type 
And um, while each human is very, very, very complex in their chart, the deeper that you go. But in this conversation with Nikki, we're really going to focus more on the general traits within each design. So I really do think that it'll be way more helpful, way more interesting, and way more exciting for you to know which design type you are as you move through this conversation with us. So without keeping you waiting any longer, let's move into today's interview with Nikki J. We cover a lot when it comes to reaching your highest productivity based on your design type, the jobs and careers that might best support you, and we even touch on financial abundance. So let's go to today's show with Nikki J. Hi, Nikki. Welcome. I'm so grateful that you're here. Cassandra, thank you so much for having me. Of course. So I borrowed this first question from the amazing Brene Brown's podcast, Unlocking Us. It's a simple question, but it carries a lot of weight when it's answered with transparency and vulnerability. So Mm -hmm. how are you doing? Oh, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, I was just listening to an episode of her podcast yesterday, actually. I'm a huge Brene fan. And there's me digressing from answering the question. Um, <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm doing well today, uh, but in full transparency, the last few days, um, I felt pretty emotional and very hormonal and... As I tend to do, I can sometimes get super in my head and judgy about it, but Mm -hmm. seeing it as a beautiful opportunity to practice self-compassion, which Mm -hmm. I just think is so essential to maintaining our mental health. So Mm -hmm. today is sunny and I'm finding myself practicing more self-compassion and it's beautiful. I love that. A playoff on that. So how, when you're feeling that way, when you're feeling a little judgy and harsh towards yourself in your state when it's not exactly how you'd like it to be, what are some ways that you show yourself compassion? Do you have any tools that work specifically for you? You know what? That's, to be perfectly honest, it's something I'm really working with now. And I think a large part of it is asking myself, what Mm -hmm. do I need? And really tuning into that. And that for me requires tapping into my little Nikki, my inner child, because, Mm -hmm. um, when I was a little girl, I wasn't uh, afforded the freedom to maybe play or or be as in touch with my wants or desires as much as I would have liked or that those wants and desires were, in fact, things that inconvenienced other people. Mm. So for me, it's an ongoing journey of, like, figuring out what that exactly is. But um, today, for example, I just really wanted to cook a beautiful lunch in preparation Mm. for this call with you and I sat down and did some reading and made a tea and that was what I really wanted to do so um yeah just simple things just really tuning in I think and answering that question I love that and I think it's really important that it doesn't always have to look like a specific thing it doesn't always have to be like oh I take a bath if I'm feeling judgy it can be like tapping in in the moment like you said Mm -hmm. asking what you need in that moment it might be something totally different than what you normally are used to but I think that's really cool I don't do that often enough I kind of fall back on like my tried and true practices without really tapping into like is that what I need so I love that I think asking those questions is so important because when I was in the thick of it the other day I was like what do I really want right now and it was funny because I just wanted a hug but of course I live alone and I have my dog so um I just I hugged her I hugged Mm. her for as long as she would let me kind of smother her and yeah 
but that, I, that's the reality of life sometimes. You don't always get what you want or need in that moment. Yeah. And have to best provide it to ourselves. Yes, that's so true. So you mm-hmm. talked about Little Nikki for a second, but I'd love to back up a bit and get some background on who you are so people can kind of get a feel and – you know, just how you've become the Nikki that you are today. So maybe a bit about where you grew up, what your childhood was like, and then kind of moving into where you are now. Sure. So, yeah, I I grew up in a really little town uh, in Australia. And, um, yeah, it was about 600 people lived in this little town. Oh, wow. And my mom was a single mom, and I'm an only child. And I grew up surrounded by property and animals and I lived very close to my grandparents who played a major role in raising me. Um, I was very fortunate because they had a big beautiful veggie garden and we had Mm. fruit trees in the backyard and um, I just spent so much time outside as a little girl and I'm so grateful for that. I realize now how how abundant we were growing up because my mm. my grandparents were refugees from the Second World War from Poland. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, my grandmother was essentially kidnapped by Nazi Germans. And, um, yeah. Wow. So they didn't have a lot in the sense of material um, things or the way we might describe a lot in in today's society they had a a very modest two-bedroom house and six kids and my grandfather's parents lived there and um, it was a very busy chaotic house as you could imagine but I just think about the land and the space and the freedom I had growing up and I just oh man still to this day I'm just so grateful for it it was incredible Yeah, that's a beautiful way to grow up. So then once you were able to sort of design the life that you wanted, where did you Mm -hmm. go from there? Designing the life that I want is is a constant journey and it's in progress. Totally. It's not not something that you get to and then go, oh, I made it. Mm -hmm. Um, That said, I'm... I'm definitely a traveler. I'm, I'm a bit of a gypsy soul and... My mom took me on a trip to Thailand when I was 11 and that kind of like that was it for me. I was like, oh, wow, there's a world out there. Mm-hmm. And I was just so overcome by uh, the the sensations of that experience, how it smelt, how it felt, like what it was like to connect with other people, um, hearing another language, eating different food. I just I was obsessed. So my my goal then <laughs> at 11 and still is to this day is how much of the world can I taste mm. in this lifetime of mine. So a great deal of my um, resources have gone towards traveling. And mm-hmm. so I've been super fortunate because I've, I've traveled a lot and I've lived in a, a few different countries now. And um, yeah, I know that that's part of my human design actually. So I feel really comfortable with that part of myself I think a lot of people maybe like to just stay where they are which is really beautiful and Mm -hmm. I know maybe my mum's dismay she would love to have me a little bit closer but I yeah I can't abandon this part of my truth Uh, so that is to say right now I'm in Montreal um, by way of Asia by way of lots of travel through Europe by way of Toronto um, and 
I am in the process right now of birthing my next adventure, which uh, could look any which way, but I'm someone who's a big fan of living an alternative lifestyle. So stay tuned. (laughs) So exciting. I swear I have like two, like a split soul almost because I am someone who loves um, routine and just like structure, but then I also have like these deep, deep fantasies of like living in London or living in Paris or, you know, traveling the world and just taking pictures. But then I still have that other side of me that's like, oh, but home and my structure and all those things. So I feel so split on that for sure. I'm similar because I definitely, um, if I could see your chart, we could get into yeah, that in more detail. Totally. But I, I too love routine and structure, or at least um, I do well. I thrive with a sense of routine and structure. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's an it's an either or. I think you can have both. Right. I think you can have the adventure. And what I've learned from my experiencing experience moving around a lot is that I create my home and routine wherever I go. Mm. Like part of me is a quality that's innate and I don't need to um, have the physical place stay the same in order for me to show up feeling structured and grounded. Yeah, I love that. So how did you find, or I guess, what were you doing before you found human design? Um, So I worked as a journalist in media for close to 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, I bopped around a lot. My very first job was at a newspaper, a financial newspaper um, in Australia. And um, after that, I moved to Cambodia and I worked as a video journalist, um, which was such an incredible experience. I cannot Um, imagine. Yeah, Uh, I was afforded a lot of amazing opportunity with that one, even though it was kind of wild. Um, I came back to Australia and... I've, I've always worked freelance, so I've yeah. ne- I've only had a couple of jobs that were, what what do you call them, like a normal job? Yeah, like, like a steady. Like a, like a, steady corporate? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like I've only had a couple of jobs like that. For the most part, I've always freelanced or been casual um, in my roles as a journalist. And, yeah, so after Cambodia, I, I took a year off and I traveled um, and then I got back to Australia and I got a job in television mm. um, and then I worked in that for a couple of years and then I moved into like a uh, content marketing agency. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started doing that for a while and then I moved back into branded journalism. So um, writing for magazines but um, actually I had two magazine jobs, but yes, I've had a lot of different jobs within the industry. Many lives. Around, but, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, so that's where I sort of finished up. And then my ex-partner and I created a content creation agency together. Okay. Um, when I moved to Toronto, uh, about almost five years ago now. So yeah. So how were you introduced to human design then? And how did you know that this was something that you were meant to pursue? Yeah, it's funny. I had no idea I was meant to pursue this at all. I mean, now that I understand my design and how the energetics of my nature works, it kind of makes sense. Um, But uh, that is to say, okay, like 
for anyone who's interested in astrology, I, I have a Virgo south node. I'm moving into a Pisces north node, so there's that. I've always been very fascinated by um, astrology and the moon and nature. Like I was the kid that was like super nerdy with all these books and like ancient wisdoms and all these weird shit. I loved making potions and I was like following the moon and tracking the moon cycles oh my as gosh, a little I girl. Yeah. So I have this I have this side to me in a big way, but I also had this very Virgo, like hardworking, like very kind of go get the story, like hustle, hustle mm-hmm. sort of energy. Um, but basically one of the jobs I did working in content creation, I was video directing a music festival in Jamaica. Um, and this, it's like a conscious music festival. So it brought together all sorts in, in the, I guess, wellness and spiritual new age space. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, combining it with music and, that's where I first heard about human design um, through just chatting to these people in this space. And then it kind of piqued my interest and yeah, I was listening to a podcast and I came across Jenna Zoe after I'd done a bit of research mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, I really love how she presents the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, it resonated with me. So yeah. And that sort of led me down a rabbit hole and I, I do some um, work with her now as a as one of her recommended readers on her new website so yeah that's amazing she was my first the first reading I ever had really back in 2017 yeah wow yeah isn't that cool it was amazing and I was like so new I mean it was like an intuitive hit when I first came across her I didn't even dig that much I was just like I need to have a reading by her I need to know more and it wow yeah after that one reading I was like okay and there's that's the thing it's like we'll talk about it but with human design it's so amazing because it's so layered there's so much that you can learn about yourself just from your chart and every human even if you're the same design type is so different it's so beautiful in that way yeah so different I know I'm obsessed I I love learning about it but I love how that just went full circle totally I know saying yeah I had my very first Uh reading with her like that's amazing yeah she's so great so okay just really quick for people who might be like okay what are you guys talking about what is human design so in your Mm -hmm. own words what is it for those who might be unfamiliar or maybe you're just in the beginning stages of intrigue yeah so I think simply put human design is kind of the science of our energy body um the founder Ra Uruhu calls it um, the science of differentiation. And so what that really means is every single one of us is as a complete unique expression of life in this entire universe, just as no two, no two grains of sand are the same. Like Mm -hmm. nothing is the same. Everything is a unique expression, including every single human soul that lives on this planet. And so human design is so phenomenal because it presents to us um, a, a roadmap, if you will, of how how we're meant to operate energetically in this world, so that we can thrive and basically reach our our creative potential in this life experience. Um, I mean, a lot of people talk about it gives you a permission slip to be who you are, but it's that there's that a part of it but it's so much more than that like it's really it's it's like your own personal instruction manual to like live life 
according to your terms in your way. And mm-hmm. yeah. That's so that, beautifully that's put. Of, I think in a nutshell. Yeah. yeah. Out of curiosity, before we dive in, what's your human design? I'm a manifester. Okay. Um, my profile is a two-fold profile and I have emotional authority. Okay. So how do and you... I'm under the right angle cross of tension for anybody who's <laughs> like, that's your incarnation cross. So that's the uh, stuff you'll find when you pull up your chart. You're right. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm a projector three, five. Okay. Yeah. And we need to figure out your authority. I know. Okay, everyone, we took a little beat to pull up my chart because we thought that would be a little helpful because she kept asking me questions that I did not know. So now that we have that up, I also want to encourage everyone else to check out their own chart. Um, Nikki, what is the best site that they could do that for free yeah. that you feel like is so accurate? At the moment, I would recommend going to myhumandesign.com. Um Jenna Zoe has just uh, launched a new website and she's actually got, I think, the latest software to cool. create charts, which is awesome. So they had astrophysicists work on the technology. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I know in the intro, I, I'm just encouraging this again as I did in the intro because Nikki and I, you know, as we chat, we'll be getting a little specific. So it's fun for you to be able to know which design you fall in line with and to see how it relates and lands for you. So for instance, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a projector with a 3.5 profile. You don't have to necessarily worry about the profiles for today, I would say, um, rather just getting the design type. And um, again, I want to reiterate, as Nikki and I continue chatting, we all have a design type but each human is so specific and intricate. So this conversation today is generally speaking for each design type. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to dive further, you can absolutely book a one-on-one with Nikki. Um, She does these readings. It's one of her favorite things to do. So where you can go into much more detail um, with you and your chart. So I just wanted to throw that out there before we get started. Okay. So there are five types. Can you tell us which the, what those are and maybe just the standout quality for each? Yeah, sure. Um, Yes, I'll keep it quick because you can definitely find this information very easily on Google. Um, So we'll begin with manifestors. They make up approximately 9% of the population. Um, They are here to get the party started. Let's put (laughs) it that way. They're here to initiate and get the ball rolling. Um, Then we have manifesting generators. Um, and generators. I'm going to group them together uh, quickly just because together they have a a sacral energy. This sacral energy is um, life force, workforce, desire, creativity. Um, They have the ability to wake up in the morning with a full battery and do the things they love until their battery runs out at the end of the night and then they go to bed and then they recharge. And so together they make up 70% percent of the population um generators are a little different in the sense that they tend to follow a little bit more of a linear process although that depends of course on other aspects of the chart um and the manifesting generators are quite literally a hybrid of manifestors and generators um so they get a little bit of that crazy get the party started going energy with that sort of grounded um sacral workforce energy too Mm -hmm. then we have projectors Um, They make up approximately 20% of the population. Um, Projectors are our seers. They really are here to guide, 
the energy of especially generators um, because they don't create energy. So manifestors, generators, and manifesting generators are all called energy beings. They're all here to add to the soup of energy in the world. Projectors see the soup of energy in the world and figure out more optimized ways of making this energy all work together in a harmonious way. Mm. Um, And then we have reflectors, and they are very precious and rare and make up 1% of the population. What makes them so rare is that they are completely white or open in all of their energy centers in their chart. And so what they're doing is they're acting as a mirror for the health of society. So in the presence of a reflector, you're really seeing um, yourself reflected back. So it's very important that they put themselves in environments that feel really healthy and good to them because they're they're sensitive to what's going on in the external world. Mm. Wow, I cannot, I still can never get over that they're completely open. Yeah, That's I've so had the intense. great fortune to read for a few projectors and I have a couple of friends that, oh, not projectors, sorry, reflectors, mm-hmm. um, to read for a couple and I have a couple as friends and they are amazing to be around. They're amazing. just a mirror, like telling you what you need to I think for at. me that I, well, I mean, I guess every reflector is going to reflect the environment back to them, but... Mm-hmm going for a walk down the street with my reflector friends is like, it's, it's just an instant um, drop into the present moment Mm. because for them, they just, they notice and see everything for the rest of us. We have definition in our chart. So we're, we're more fixed with that energy that is colored in, in our chart. Mm -hmm. Whereas when they're completely open, all they're ever doing is like, sampling the world around them through all of those different energy centers all the time and like they're constantly just surprised and delighted Mm -hmm. by a butterfly by the color of paint falling you know cracking on it on on bricks on a building like they just notice the beauty in everything Mm. I, I love it I think it's magical yeah so what I really wanted to do here today is to focus on career and um, monetary abundance. So with everything going on in the world due to coronavirus, I feel like so many people have been shaken and some people are lost and people are being forced to pivot and some are using this as an opportunity to try something new, to build something new, to get creative mm. and People are also looking at money in a new light. And for those who have avoided it, I think a lot of people are being forced to grow a super intimate relationship with their finances with everything that's happened. So I'm wondering, first things first, can you explain why certain roles within different positions might be more enticing or attractive for each design type? Uh, Yeah, definitely. I guess at the end of the day, well, first of all, I want to say that – given the current sort of landscape of the world where we're finding ourselves now is an amazing time to connect in with who we are Mm -hmm. and what we're here to contribute to the world Mm -hmm. and we are all deserving of financial abundance of money let's just call it what it is we're Mm -hmm. all deserving of money um and I think now is such a great time to like tap into the truth of who we are so we can start moving through the world in a way that feels really aligned. So we have a healthier relationship with the money we're receiving. 
and the money that we're using. Um, so for each of the types in terms of, uh, you were saying, is there a job that's more aligned or a type of a line of work? Well, just what is it within each, each design type? Like what is it that might make that design type like pulled to work in a certain job where another design type might be like, whoa, I could never do that. Yeah, right. So let's start with generators because they do make up the majority of the population. And as I said earlier, they've got that defined sacral and that's where we work from. Mm -hmm. We work from the sacral. So generators, so long as they're doing work that they love, they love to work. Like they love to work. I'm a manifester. I do not love to work. Mm -hmm. I've never loved to work. That's yeah. (laughs) Um, I think projectors will feel similarly and and reflectors to a degree as well mm-hmm. um so yeah generators are are designed to do work they love and I'm really mindful of how I say that because I don't want it to seem I mean there is this karmic hangover from the past where you know generators historically were the slaves in society mm-hmm. uh, so there's this this yeah sort of hangover I guess from that that time but everyone's empowered to do whatever they want in this life experience so for generators it's really about doing what you love and the way they figure that out is through their um, strategy because every type has a strategy of Mm -hmm. using their energy correctly and so that is the most important thing whether we're talking about money career relationship any aspect of life you need to engage with it correctly using your strategy. So as a generator, you want to make sure that you are viscerally lit up by the things you're engaging in. So whatever work you want to do, whether that's, you know, being a mother and raising children, whether that's running um, a business, whether that's tending to animals all day long, no matter what that is for you, um, it's it's as long as you're just doing something that you love but you're here to you're here to work and love what you do you've got the energy to work essentially um projectors manifestors and reflectors are not here to to work in that sort of traditional way and you can see how with 70 percent of the population being workers quote unquote we've created this nine to five working culture in society and so I think what happens to the other energy types is we measure our um success against our productivity in this way that we've been cultured to work and this has really come about probably since the industrial revolution and especially in recent years um with you know increasing digital and and 24-hour news cycles and all of these things we're just bombarded with information and bombarded with this um pressure to produce and produce and produce so I would say that for the other energy types, we're really here to, to balance things out a little bit and learn to slow things down. Mm. Um, and our prerogative isn't to work in that traditional way. Our prerogative is to work in a way that feels good to us. And our journey is to learn. So this is for all anyone with an open sacral. The, the lesson is to learn that you can be effective, productive and successful without having to hustle or push so hard. Um, that said, nobody needs to hustle or push so hard. We don't live in a world anymore where that's required. So, 
yeah, I think we're in a really interesting stage in life where we're redefining what the work landscape can look like. Mm -hmm. We're redefining how we acquire money. We're, we're, We're redefining what it is to, you know, live an abundant life. Mm-hmm. So I think we've come from a real um, place of lack consciousness in society as a whole um, and we're coming from a very rigid patriarchal energy and I feel like we're in this period that's we're in the middle and we're trying to figure out and we're heading into a more feminine receptive place. We're heading into a more progressive place and that means redefining our relationship to money, redefining what it is to work, redefining how we show up in the world. Um, And so this is why now is such a beautiful opportunity because we get to decide on an individual level what that looks like for us. And that's how we'll impart the greatest change in the collective is when we tune into our very nature and what our needs and wants and desires are and start believing and understanding that that's possible like we are responsible for creating a new world we can't expect the current powers that be to do that for us we have to restructure what the the new working life is going to be like in the future I could not have said that any better myself I'm just like over here nodding with you on video like yes amen preach (laughs) so good oh my gosh you like caught me off guard that was yeah, and I, I mean, I, I just, yeah, I'm like, whoa, that felt like a really beautiful TED Talk. Um, I just couldn't agree more, and I think that is where human design really is so, so powerful and such a beautiful tool and so important for the, I know it's not going to be for everyone, and that's totally okay, but for people who are feeling stuck and who are, like, icky and can't find that alignment knowing your human design and understanding your chart and being able to have this roadmap that can just sort of gently guide you to get there is collectively going to help us make the world a different place and make it work for us, you know, because collectively if we're in alignment, we're all going to work well together. Yeah. So much of the, um, conditioned way of living and existing in the world has come from that old you know patriarchal model right and it is it is blindingly clear that that does not serve us as a collective anymore right there are so many more voices that need to be heard there are so many changes that need to be made and that will only occur when we take complete ownership and sovereignty in ourselves, in our ability to create the life that we want to create. Mm -hmm. There is no better way to role model peace and love and compassion and innovation to others than to create that in our own lives first, rather than following some broken system. It still astounds me. I walk down the street and people are saying, oh, when things get back to normal, I'm not going. This so, is, I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, this is a new normal that we're living in now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah a it's time of recreation. Thing. And yeah, like you said, doing things differently. It was not working mm-hmm. before. 
Yeah. So, so I that from the rooftops because yeah. it's just so important. It's mm-hmm. so important. And it starts with you mm-hmm. as the individual. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So the individuals who are listening, whether they know their design type or they just found it out, what would you tell them if they're over there nodding like, yes, I want to be a part of the change. I want to make a change in my own life to collectively make things better. Mm. Each design type. Could you give a little scenario or a little piece of advice as to where they could start? Like for me as a projector, the example would be I have to wait for the invitation, correct? Mm-hmm. And so – Well, I, the the thing with waiting for the invitation, I feel like that needs debunking a little bit. In I a would sense, agree. There's – I feel like people are expecting a very literal invitation mm-hmm. to appear on their doorstep when right. they say that. Mm-hmm. But what we're really talking about is recognition. Mm-hmm. And in order to be recognized by another person or by other people, you need to first recognize yourself. Mm-hmm. So when you recognize yourself and each of the energy types, so let's start with projectors because you've mentioned it, each of the energy types has a little bit of a conundrum to sort of overcome um, that's life. Mm-hmm. And so as a projector, you you have difficulty in seeing yourself for who you truly are. So it's really def- difficult to get the recognition from another when you need to first see yourself. So that's the first thing as a projector is, you know, if you're in this space and time right now and you're like, oh, what do I need to do? Or you're, or you're still caught on the hamster wheel of the old way of working where it's like work and work and work and hustle, hustle, hustle. Um, first of all, question why you're even doing that Mm -hmm. because your answers will be very revealing as Mm -hmm. to how the society has conditioned you to exist in this way and touching with your real truth because Mm -hmm. let's be honest, like I know for me since I was a little girl, I knew I didn't want to work hard in my life. Mm -hmm. I knew it and I'm sure you're the same. I'm sure you've known your whole life that you don't want to have to work hard Mm -hmm. uh, to earn a living. So... The projector that takes the time to go inward and see themselves is then better positioned to put themselves out into the world. So it's not like you need to hermit away and not make yourself seen, but your very energy, your very presence is going to attract the invitations Mm -hmm. that are correct for you. Mm -hmm. So you need to do that sort of inner work and really recognize what you're here to contribute and then go and put yourself out Mm -hmm. into the world not in a forceful way, yeah. but in that I'm open to receiving these invitations, empowered feminine energy mm-hmm. kind of way. Can I share a, a perfect example that just right. happened not that long ago? So hopefully this will help anyone. But um, so yes to all of that. It's very, very hard to see myself. And then I get very um, embarrassed or like maybe a little resentful when like it comes up crickets, right? That's a whole part of my thing. But with interior design, I have always felt like I am so naturally good at this. Like I just, I understand it. I get it. It makes me so happy. Um, Friends are always asking me for help. But then I had that little thing of, but I didn't go to school for it. I'm not professionally trained. I can't, again, I can't see myself, you know, in that light. Um, And so not that long ago, I was introduced to this interior designer. She's fantastic. Such a great human. And I just decided to reach out to her to talk to her about her experience because she built her business from the ground up. And so it was more of like, I'm hungry. I want to learn. And she saw me 
I saw her, and we didn't talk for a couple of months, and then basically I got called in for an interview out of thin air, essentially. And I work for them now, and I'm seen as being someone who is talented within design and who can grow in that industry, but it was up to me to, like you said, put myself out there and just have that conversation, and then I was in her orbit, and the invitation came. But you're right. It would not have happened had I not seen myself and put myself out there. So Totally. And beautiful, too. I think your work in interior design is a really great example of you as a projector finding a more Mm -hmm. efficient, optimized Mm -hmm. way of, like, tweaking energy these mm-hmm. the, the world this material the world that we live in right you can see a better way of making it more aesthetic and beautiful right yeah more it all more yeah. functional or however it, do you know what I mean yeah and so that's that's a gift that's so important yeah it definitely feels like a resounding yes it's like I oh wake up every god. morning and I'm like oh my god and it's not a nine to five you know it's very flowy we work when we need to um yeah. So everything in that interview, I was like, my projector self is like beaming from the inside out. This is so in alignment. Oh, so, so good. Yeah, I just wanted to share that because it was really falling in line with, you know, what you were saying. So Yeah. And so in terms of just to sort of round out that point with projectors, mm-hmm. but um, so, yeah, for you, ideally, you're – your working or your output is going to maybe look like it will vary for everybody, of mm-hmm. course, but on average, it might look like, you know, like a three or four hour work day or something like that. Or projectors sometimes do well in um, sometimes things that are more project based where it might be like a week on a week off or something like that. But there needs to be um, adequate downtime so that you can sort of fully rest and replenish, especially looking at your design mm-hmm or very colored in in your chart from the the chest up so you don't have any motor centers that creates energy inside of your chart so for you especially waiting the whole reason projectors wait for invitations and this is relevant to our you know career right um is because it's protecting your energy. Mm-hmm. You don't have energy to just give off unnecessarily. So you wait for the right invitations so that you're giving your energy to the right things. Because you the right don't people. have time to <laughs> energy to waste, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what about the others then? Okay, so for generators um, in this time, I think it's beautiful because a lot of generators have probably, um, not had that regular working structure that they might be feel secure in or Mm. safe in. I think this is the biggest thing with generators is they're kind of conditioned to make other people happy Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and they're really here to make themselves happy. So if you've been blessed with time in this period, I would say, it's a gift because all of that extra should I need to do, I need to get this thing done. Energy is, is dissipating. You've got more time on your own. So you can pay attention to what really does light you up and what feels good. Mm -hmm. Um, as a manifesting generator, it's the same thing. It's just that your way of doing that is going to be a little bit more, um, changeable and spontaneous, I would say. Mm-hmm. So for both generators and manifesting generators, it's like 
do you mm. do what feels good to you and if you're not sure what that is i implore you to drop into your body and get out of your head because this is not something you can think your way out of this is all about the body this is all about the animal and how the the animal knows what it likes mm-hmm. and so as i said projectors are here to see themselves generators are here to know themselves mm-hmm. they're here to know themselves by way of having their gut response light up when it's responding to something that they're gravitated towards that speaks to them that's how they learn what their likes are that's how they learn what their desires are that's how they learn what they're about sexually creative creatively in terms of you know what gives them life it is the the sacral is life force energy mm. it's prana energy it's like what gives you life so that's what's most important for a generator and for a manifesting generator um manifesting generators need a little bit more freedom I would say um and so again it's that it's it's owning your wants it's owning your desires and as a manifesting generator often they there's this hangover of like oh god like I'm not following through or I'm not finishing something or I have like, I'm very multi-passionate and somehow that's Mm. a bad thing because Mm -hmm. we've been conditioned in society that you are here to master one thing and life is linear and the end, like, Mm -hmm. but manifesting generators are really here to like break out of the box to show us that, you know, living in a limitless way is so possible for all of us. Oh, I love Um, that. Yeah. All of the types have gifts to give everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and they have to learn, work through their own conundrum so that they can show everybody else what's possible mm-hmm. because we're all limitless. Mm-hmm. And so then for reflectors. Yeah, this one I'm interested in. Like how in the world can they even be in corporate if they are or? They have to be in a place. They're, they're – circumstances of super external so they need to really pay attention to how they feel Mm. around people and in an environment and so if they're in an environment that feels unhealthy and icky like they're gonna feel that Mm -hmm. if they're in an environment that feels toxic and there's a lot of like you know corporate bitchy backstabbing sort of stuff going on that's going to kill them say they take that on Mm -hmm. okay they feel it so intensely because where we're open we amplify that energy so it's like a, a whole shit show going on inside of them. So again, exercising self-sovereignty and putting yourself in a situation where you're surrounded by people that feel good to you mm-hmm. and in an environment that feels good to you. So quite literally as a reflector, um, they often get stuck with like wanting to identify who they are or knowing who like who they are, but they're, they're, that's not their job Mm -hmm. their their energy is reflecting the health back of society to us and so more than ever your role is very important right now because you can be extremely powerful in helping guide the rest of us into towards the correct course Mm -hmm. we can course correct as a humanity if we've got healthy reflectors telling us what's working and what isn't working in the world. Mm -hmm. But if they're conditioned and caught up in trying to be a generator Mm -hmm. and doing so unsuccessfully, like it's never going to work for them. So as if you, if you are a reflector, 
like give yourself permission to not have to have a label or have an identity because you will change based on what feels good to you. Mm-hmm. And lots of things could feel good to you, which is amazing. So just do whatever feels good to you. Yeah. And then manifestors is the last one. Mm-hmm. So um, I think manifestors are also in a really um, beautiful place right now to demonstrate to the rest of us in this time where we're shifting that there is a new way to live. There is a new way to exercise peace and freedom in our lifestyles that isn't isn't determined by this system or external structure or corporate way of existing. Mm. So manifestors are really here to sort of do what they want when they want in so many ways and take action towards manifesting that vision mm-hmm. or speaking it into existence. But they're often so afraid of like rubbing people the wrong way or um, they don't they don't want to hurt anybody or they don't want to burden anybody because so often the the reception of their energy is like, manifestors feel like a little bit of a wild card like it's like a hurricane coming out of nowhere so people sometimes feel like oh fuck like what are they going to do next and as children manifestors are are controlled by others Mm -hmm. people are trying to control them and so they they shrink and they become really small and then they become like super people pleasers Mm. and and we don't need that right now what we need are really empowered manifestors going after what they want because they are here to show the rest of the world what it is to live in freedom right otherwise also too I imagine like so much regret can be bottled up you're not living the life that feels so in tune with you you will die miserable because of all the types manifestors will wait longer than anybody else and manifestors are not here to wait everyone else is here to wait right and also manifestors in order for the health of the whole to be functioning in a harmonious way, manifestors have to initiate because what the hell is everyone else going to respond to? 100%, right. Okay, let's segue into the topic of money and finances. So as I mentioned early on, energetics with money can be tricky. Um, For me personally, I truly do think that understanding my design and falling in alignment with it has been really helpful for how I approach my work ethic and my work life. But I still have a hard time with my finances um, in respect to, I don't know if they're related, but sort of being seen. So I guess I just feel like, can that be, can our human design be related as to how we feel towards money, whether we fear it, whether we hold on to it, whether we spend it? Um, Is there, Mm -hmm. are there certain methods for different types that are more beneficial, like close budgeting or anything like that? I'm just very fascinated how human design um, collides with money and abundance? Yeah. So I think the first thing to really debunk is that, um, we, we tie money to our work Mm -hmm. and our career. We've come from this history of exchanging time and effort for money. And I think that is so deeply embedded in the collective psyche still. And I think we need to detach those Mm. Um, because otherwise we're still going down this path of oh well if I work in the perfect way for my design so to speak 
then I'll make the money Mm. or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So some, as a generator, like you might do what lights you up isn't the, the way that you make money. But to do the thing that lights you up will fill up your soul. Exactly. And make you feel good. So why Interesting. Do attach, why do we attach money to, like, passion? Yeah. Why do we attach money to, like, we can make money. Money is just another resource. Money is like food. Money is like air. Money is like water. You know, like, I need to eat. Yeah. I'm not always passionate about eating. I love eating. That's not true. I love eating. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like some people aren't passionate about cooking, but they need to eat. Mm-hmm. So why do we need to, to link the two? I think that's, I just, I pose the question. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying there's a right or a wrong, but I do pose that question. Um, so that is to say when we're talking about money and human design, every single like person in the planet is designed to live an abundant life Mm -hmm. abundance is also not about money either so like abundance is there's an abundance of air there's an abundance of you know clean water and nature shitty traffic like whatever it is there can be an abundance of all sorts of things um but when we're speaking strictly about money in human design um, what comes to me is the the heart center. Mm. So the heart center in human design is the small little triangle shape that is to the right of the diamond shape in the middle mm. um, for anyone following along on their chart at home. But mm-hmm. I, I talk about that because that is the energy of resources on the material plane and that includes money. Okay. So, so mine's undefined. So what would that mean? So 70% of the population is undefined. in Oh, this center. interesting. Yeah. And so what that means is, is you're not here. So, so this center is, um, I'll just unpack it a little bit because yeah. it will help me explain it. Great. But this is the center for, um, self-worth, self-esteem, ego, motivation, willpower, and material resources. Mm-hmm. So if it's open, it doesn't mean that you're not supposed to have any of those things, not mm-hmm. at all. Um, it, it means the opposite, in fact, that you don't um, – you're not here to worry about mm. the resources. So if you have an open heart centre and you're fretting financially, that's the, that's the unhealthy expression of that energy centre. Because if it were defined, you would have a natural inclination to want to be in control of resources. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting too is in human design that it's never just about us. It's about how we engage with these energies to help others and serve others. So even if you're defined in the heart center and you're supposed to have um, a natural desire to control resources, it's because you have it built within you that you know how to uh, dis- distribute resources so everybody has what they need. Mm, I see. Yeah, yeah. So how do you reverse then the unhealthy emotions if you are someone who's undefined and are sort of living in that fret? How are you so, su- within human design? How are you supposed to 
work through That's that. where your strategy and authority are so important mm. in human design. Mm-hmm. So everything in human design always comes back to strategy and authority that because if you're holding the fret of finances, and, and it makes sense. I mean, mm. and it's not just in the heart center. There are other elements in the chart as well, mm. but we'll just keep it simple for yeah. the sake of today's conversation. But if you're carrying a scarcity mentality – and you're feeling, and what's interesting, this is the center for self-worth too, right? Mm-hmm. And so what often happens is people who have an open heart center end up trying to overcompensate to prove themselves worthy of making money. Yeah. And like that totally. is so completely out of alignment with how that energy center is designed to operate. You really want to be using that as, as a way to access wisdom. But to answer your question about how you let go of the fret and the fear, you do need to start honoring your energy type, mm-hmm. the strategy of your energy type and the individual decision-making authority within your type. Mm. That is the only way to decondition. So to use an example, I have an emotional authority. Mm-hmm. As a manifester, my strategy is to initiate action and inform those around me before I take action of what that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a really clunky sentence, Nikki. Anyway, <laughs> I followed um, it. <laughs> um, and then I have an emotional authority. Mm-hmm. And so I have to wait to go through my emotional ups and downs. Like mm-hmm. yesterday when I shared with you at the beginning of the episode, I was feeling really down. Like I was in an emotional low place. Mm-hmm. Like I go through these emotional stages, but I arrive at a place of clarity and it's in the ups and downs, it's in the in-between, it's in that waiting period that all of the conditioning, all of the fears, all of the old shit, all of the narratives that come up get to be witnessed, seen and dispelled mm. when we use our authority correctly mm-hmm. because it means we are being lined up with what is correct for us in the universe. And I say that from like a geometric standpoint. This mm-hmm. isn't even like you know, ooh, energies, this is like, okay, everything in the universe is kind of fits into a geometry. So if we're using our geometry correctly, we're going to be syncing up with the things that are right for us. Yep. Like a game of Tetris, honestly. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. That's such a beautiful analogy. So yeah, if you're, and, and I mean, no one should be, um, feeling disempowered with money or, or, finances so understanding your energy type and how you're designed to relate to it can then empower you so if you're open in the heart center which is most people you have a limitless capacity to become insanely wise about all of the material things on the material plane you can make money work for you in a really intelligent way if you're using your honoring your design strategy and authority correctly Mm -hmm. you'll come to learn what you were supposed to learn about the material plane and that's how you can engage in, you know, learning about finances in a more grounded way. Absolutely. So it's not to say that you're not supposed to be irresponsible, but you might be someone who, you know, say you're a generator with an open heart center, you may not, you like what lights you up may not be the thing that brings you money. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Whereas wow. if you're, you have a defined heart center, there's a lot of desire. It's like, is your heart in it? Mm-hmm. So you can make money whether your heart's in it or, or not in it in, in a sense of the word, but you will do your, like, because you've got the willpower and motivation, you could, you know, tend on the side of like overworking and, mm-hmm. and just, you know, doing it because you're fearful of not having enough money. Mm-hmm. 
And then the, the correct thing for you is to know that you have an innate understanding of how to manage resources. Mm-hmm. So it can go to the far extreme on the other end, right? Right, right. I would always do, like, the negotiation thing. I would let people negotiate with me to a place that was so unfair that I knew that was so unfair, but I would rather not lose the work. Um, yes. Yeah. So in that instance, I, I did a session with a client the other day and she felt, she felt, and I say mm-hmm. that because it's not real. Sure. What you're feeling it's an emotion, in the yeah. open heart yeah. is, is a conditioned pressure. It's not your truth. So when you feel, I read for a client, she was like, oh, I felt like I really had to prove myself. And in fact, she didn't say that at first. She said, I have to prove myself to these investors because they're the ones who give money to the company and da 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 So how do I deal with that? And I was like, well, first of all, like they're not, did they actually say prove yourself to me? And mm-hmm. she's like, well, no. And I was like, okay. Well, if they're, if they're saying like, how, how do we warrant investing money in X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm you know, or, or, or prove your value to us in some way, just be like, I'm fucking good at my job. Mm-hmm. I know I, like, I know my value. Like you have to own that and know that in yourself and not be acting in a way that's trying to prove it to other people. Mm-hmm. If you're open, if you're defined, it's actually healthy for you to prove to yourself and others that you can do X, Y, and Z. Right. Right. Oh my gosh, that is so helpful. I seriously feel like my brain is exploding. <laughs> you have such a beautiful way of like explaining this in ways that you can understand, but and then some and like adding this thick layer of like just straight up wisdom. I love it so much. <laughs> Thank, you. Uh, Thank you. Well, as we start to wrap up, I want to ask some random, somewhat personal questions if that's okay with you. Of course. Okay, cool. So if you could take a deep deep belly breath and ask your soul what you think is the takeaway from the year of 2020 and what you think is to follow what would your soul say for every single person on the planet to do what feels right and good to them because that is the only way we can heal the world the only way we can heal the world is by I hate even saying healing ourselves, but just do you. Every single person is so beautifully and magically unique and we need you. We need each of us to show up as the unique expression of ourselves so that we can move through life harmoniously. We all need each other. We're all a little piece of this bigger puzzle, yet we're all trying to be the same fucking piece. How do you see the whole gorgeous puzzle if we're all trying to be the same corner piece. Mm. It doesn't work. So stop it. That's what my girl would say. So stop it. (laughs) Are you an early bird or a night owl? I'm an early bird. Uh, Follow-up question. What's your morning routine? Uh, My morning routine is I wake up at about, right now it's about 6 a.m. I meditate for 30 minutes Mm -hmm. and then I drink a liter of water. And Whoa, then I have a really first thing. Yeah. Um, I drink a liter of water, of lemon water, and then I go and take my dog for a hike for about an hour to an hour and a half. And then I come back and I, I'm on the celery juice bandwagon, yeah. so I have a celery juice. And then I make my breakfast. And then at around 
11 or midday, I get stuck into my work day. So Mm -hmm. my mornings are really sacred and, um, like they're, they're the main aspects of my morning routine. And, Mm. um, every other day I usually might pull an Oracle card or I read for, you know, half an hour. I like to eat breakfast on my front step next to my tomato tree. I love that. Yeah. So good. What's a piece of yourself that you celebrate daily? A piece of myself that I celebrate daily. My love for cooking and food. Mm. Yeah, every single meal is a moment of deep gratitude and presence Mm. for me. So much intention with your food. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely always there. What's one thing that you struggle with most on a daily basis? It can be big or small, like color-coding laundry. It could be investing. It could be setting boundaries or not knowing how to fold a fitted sheet. (laughs) Keeping my house kind of, like, tidy and functional. Mm. I'm a bit of a fucking hurricane. So, like, I just – I would – oh, yeah. Oh, I I just want to come there and organize everything for you. (laughs) Seriously, yes. That is my joy. I just (laughs) – yeah. <laughs> That's funny. What is one of your favorite businesses to support right now? Um, I get there's two that come to mind. Okay. One is a well, – one is my local um, – it's called Saint-Tropel Roulant, and they are like a local farmer's market community mm. service that deliver, deliver – deliver veggie boxes so every two weeks I get like a beautiful veggie box from the local farmers um and then there's this beautiful French woman who owns a gorgeous bookstore cafe close to my house um called Etat de Style Mm. and basically I just I go there every other week and I love to buy my books from her oh that's so great Amazon and I don't like Amazon too much so I was like oh my god but she reinvented herself during COVID so I love what she's done and you would actually really love this space it's very aesthetic and beautiful and oh guess I have to come to Montreal do you speak French I'm learning amazing good for you that's awesome but it's fun who's lighting you up on instagram right now uh i am i'm obsessed with elena from sailing la vagabond because basically that's my dream Mm, (laughs) travel 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 since i'm a design fanatic and love everything about interiors i really want to ask what would you say is your design style when it comes to your home I can see part Ooh. of it. It looks beautiful. Yeah, okay. Um, I would say I am – I'm very – okay, I'm just going to throw words out there, right? Love it, yeah. Um, super mismatched. Okay. I really like plants. I definitely have, like, trinkets and things from all of my travels around mm. the world. Um, I love, like, antique pieces and, and – repurposing Mm. furniture um so it sounds like you're pretty eclectic yeah and bohemian what is your most prized possession i I feel bad saying my dog because i don't consider her as a possession but i feel that i understand what you mean though yeah Mm -hmm. like there's if there's a fire god forbid you're grabbing her 
Absolutely. Yeah. So there you I go. Learned, I learned a long life. Uh, I learned a long time ago um, that things are not permanent, and so and I've lost some very important things that were mm-hmm. very sentimental to me at mm-hmm. various points in my life, mm-hmm. and so now um, I don't. Yeah, I just don't pay put emphasis on that. Isn't that beautiful when you can free yourself from the possession fear like when yeah. my, my dad's been passed for almost seven years now and I can still look around and like be okay with almost everything being taken from me or something there's just like one tiny little jar that I have where I'm like that's all I would need is just to like yeah. take that yeah. but everything else I'm like you know what it's okay it makes life a lot lighter when you can exist in that way I think yeah. I think so too doesn't mean it hurts any less. No, of course. Yeah, yeah. Stolen or taken or destroyed. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I know I'll survive. Mm-hmm. What does being human mean to you? Mm, it means love. <laughs> That's a good, simple answer. Lastly, where can people follow you? And do you have anything fun coming up within your work that people can join in on? Um, so you can find me on the Instagrams at Hey Nikki J. My website is www.nikkij.net. That's N-I-K-K-I-J-A-E. Um, and yeah, I offer one-on-one human design readings to people and I am in the process of developing a few little pieces, um, I can share with you. One of them is, um, a little mini course on understanding how to figure out your career and purpose, what aspects oh. of your human design chart help to um, figure that out for you or mm-hmm. show you what that is. Um, and another course that I'm working on is actually how to read your own chart and implement the knowledge so you can actually oh cool a lot of people get really um excited about learning a lot about human design but you need to action it and so I've realized that throughout the course of my human design journey I have um I figured out some ways that really work for me to action and implement it that have resulted in like incredible changes Mm. so I would love to teach that to other people so they can experience that too oh that's so so good that just gave me chills which is basically my sign of like oh yeah I need to do that that sounds Uh I would love to learn how to do that and also very cool about the career and purpose mini course For, for anyone who's listening where it's like this felt super in alignment with you and you want to know more, that's probably a really good place to segue to to dig deeper. Because that's probably the main question that Mm. people come to me with their, their design. Um, when they're doing a reading, it's like, why am I here? What is my purpose? What am I supposed to do? Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, that's a really big existential conversation to be had, but there are things like I can point you in the direction of your chart of like, where some of those answers might live. Um, So that's what this little course is here to do, is to show you how to do that. So cool. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to be here. And for just thank you for having me. This was so informative, so helpful. And I'll say it again, I'm just so grateful for human design and for humans like you who are just willing and able to share their knowledge and wisdom. So it was a real gift to have you on here today and to get to know you better. So thank you. Thank you, Cassandra. Thank you for this opportunity. It was just so beautiful to connect with you and have this conversation. Thank you so much. 
So there you have it. That was Nikki J, human design expert and just all around amazing human. I just feel so lit up after hearing from her and this conversation just took on a life of its own in the best way possible and I hope that you all feel as expanded as I do, especially when it comes to career and passion and finances, especially separating your passions from your finances. Um, I think we all have a lot of reframing and reprogramming that we can do and now in this current state is such a beautiful time to do that. So um, all resources that Nikki and I have talked about, you can find those in the show notes. Um, If you feel inspired to do so, I would be so grateful if you'd leave a review um, on iTunes. You can do that and then send me a screenshot to hello at thecomcollective.com and I will send you a link for a print from my print shop free of choice. It's a $49 value and it's just my way of saying thank you so much. So treat each other well. Let's lift each other up. Show compassion to yourself and to others. And as I always say, just remember that we're never in any of this alone. I'll see you back here next week.